Let's pray. Father God, we just thank you and praise you for this day, Father. We thank you for your word. We pray now that everything done and said today will be to the upbuilding of your kingdom, Father. We pray that this word will not return void, that it will accomplish what it was sent to do. And we give you praise and honor and glory for it in Jesus' most precious name. Amen. So um, these two guys were drinking in a pub in Ireland, and they started talking about where they were from. And the one guy said, well, I'm from Dublin. And he said, oh, me too. Where did you live? And he said, oh, I lived on Mary Street. He said, no kidding. Where did, how about where did you? And he said, no, I lived on Mary Street. And he's like, well, where did you go to high school? And he said, I went to St. Francis High School. He was like, no kidding, me too. What year? 1970. No kidding, you, me too. And the bartender looked and said, oh, it's going to be a long night. And the guy said, what do you mean? He said, the O'Malley twins are drunk again. <clears throat> they, ain't, they ain't all tens. It is what it is. It's the best I got. See, Stephen, I told you it wasn't that funny. All right, so what we're going to talk about this week is... It, so this is one of those times where you know how, like sometimes, like I preach for y'all, and then sometimes, you know, now this is for me, so I'm going to talk to me, and so if I step on your toes, just know I stepped on my toes first, okay? I'm two steps up from y'all, so if I'm stepping on toes, it's my toes first. But what we're going to talk about today is peace. Peace doesn't sound like it's an important thing until you live a week without it, Right? The Bible says in Psalms 34, and we'll read it in just a second. Well, we no need. Let's, let's go to Psalms 34 right now. <clears throat> Psalms 34, verse 14. It says, Keep your tongue from evil and let your lips from telling lies. Turn from evil and do good, and to seek peace and pursue it. Now, <clears throat> if you look at what the word pursue means, it means chase after, hunt after. Right? If you pursue, like, let's say, like if you were in high school and, and there was a boy pursuing a girl, that kind of pursuit. You know what I mean? Like constant, like, the, like how I pursue wild animals, right? That, that constant antagonizing, never ending, never quitting, always after. That's what we're supposed to do with peace. And what happens is, is a lot of times we get into a rut to where things are going okay and we don't have a lot of strife. And we kind of get numb to it. And then what we do is, is we allow strife to seep in. And before we know it, we're in full upheaval. There's stuff going on and everybody's mad and people are yelling and I don't know why. Everything's bitter and everybody's unhappy. And then you had to go back to, wait, wait, wait a minute. Where did my peace go? What happened from us being happy and, and, and everything going good and everybody being happy? Now, wait a minute. I, everything going good. The, the world is not perfect, right? I mean, everybody has ups and downs. Everybody has trials and tribulations. Everybody faces challenges. Not saying that we're not. When I'm saying everything is good, I'm saying we are handling said challenges in a peaceful, prosperous manner. Not that we're not facing said challenges because everybody faces challenges. It's that when we're facing those challenges that we remain peaceful. When we remain peaceful, those challenges doesn't seem as big anymore. The, the things that are coming against you doesn't seem as big anymore. Yet when we're living in strife, the instant we start living in strife, those problems get astronomically 
exponentially, whatever, lots bigger, lots bigger, big, big, very big, exponentially, that's it, yes, Miss Rourke was disappointed in me for like that long because I couldn't remember that definition, she mouthed it to me, thank you, exponentially, it gets exponentially worse, right, it just gets worse and worse and worse and worse, and our problems stack on top of each other, and the truth is, is the trials and tribulations and the problems that we're facing are no different then we're, when we're pursuing peace, then we're living in strife. The outside world does not change. It's constantly the same. The difference is, is how, as Christians, we react to said things. Because when we're pursuing and seeking peace, right? The Bible says, blessed are the peacemakers, the, the makers and maintainers of peace. When we are seeking peace, what looks like this bigger problem really is this bigger problem. Right? Or, or smaller. But when we're living in strife and we're seeking to have strife, and you go, well, I've never s- s- sought after to have strife. Oh, yes. Yes, you have. Yes, you have. Don't lie to me. Everybody at some point in time, would, would exa- uh, um, Miss Cricket is not involved in, 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 in um, Miss Elsie's not involved. At some point in time, they have, you have sought after strife. Whether it was intentionally or not intentionally, right? You have had things that where you've come to a crossroad and you said, A would make this a lot better and B would tell them exactly what I thought. Is it just me? I mean, I stand at that crossroad on a regular basis and go, A, I can keep my mouth shut and there will be peace. And B, I can tell them exactly why they're wrong and prove it to them in six easy steps. I, I face with this a lot. And it's worse if your kids play sports because, look here, I, I can watch the Braves play, and I'll tell you how long it's been since i watched the Braves play, and Bobby Cox make a bad decision, and Chris and I will argue over whether Bobby Cox made the right decision or not, who probably is one of the greatest managers has ever lived. Now, I don't even watch them anymore after they've done all the craziness they're doing now. I don't, I don't even waste my time. But it doesn't matter who the person is, right? Nobody makes every decision that you would make. So we've come to that place in the road to where peace is to this side and strife is to this side. And if we are conscious of the decisions we make, we will ease down the road of peace, however bitter it tastes to your ego or your pride to maintain peace. Because you know peace is more valuable. Instead, a lot of times I stomp down the other road to strife to tell them exactly what they should have been doing. All right, so... Peace is so, so very important. And the writer of Proverbs wrote, wrote, a, wrote a, a, a little message of, of what peace is. And I, I want you to turn to it. And I want you to understand this because this is a, to me, this is, man, this is a big, this is a big statement. In, in my world, it, it registers with me. Proverbs chapter 17, verse 1. And it says, better a dry crust, like the piece of the end of toast, dry, with peace and quiet, than a house full of feasting with strife. Now think about that. Think about the times of where you said, well, I don't got nothing or nothing's going my way, and you're just home and you got nothing. And you think, man, I wish I was this big, meal this big time this big entertaining time 
And what he says, or she says in this proverb is, I would rather be home with a dry little piece of toast with no butter. And Crystal wouldn't eat it without butter. Crystal eats butter with her toast. I mean, toast with her butter. That's what she normally does. But a dry piece of toast, not even any kind of sauce or gravy to dip it in, a dry piece of toast. I would rather be peaceful and eat my dry piece of toast than I would rather have this amazing party with this giant feast in front of us. That's the value of peace. Now, is there anybody, when well, I see some of y'all introverts would rather be at home eating your dry toast than having to go to the party anyway, right? Because y'all waste y'all's energy having to talk to people. Or maybe you had to figure out what you were going to wear to the party to start off with. I mean, it's going to bother you, right? Me, I want to go to the party. I want to eat and have all the stuff, right? I want to see all the people and talk about all the stories and the turkeys and the softballs and all the stuff, right? I mean, that's what I want to do. But in this instance, it's talking about it is better to stay home and live in peace and eat crumbs than it is to be able to go and do and live in strife. And that's pretty tough, right? Because when things are not going your way, it is hard sometimes to seek peace, to pursue it, to find it, to run it down. And so when then we say, well, where does peace even come from? Well, let's talk about it. Um, turn with me, if you will. I, I got way too many scriptures on peace. It's not going to all get into sermon, but I'm going to do the best I can. But if you will, turn to Hebrews. I'm going to try to keep them in order as best I can. There's two Hebrews. Is it two Hebrews? Hebrews. Chapter 12, verse 14, make every effort to live in peace with everyone and to be holy. Without holiness, no one will see the Lord. That's one. Hebrews, the other one, 14. Oh, no, chapter, verse 14. I got to keep reading. No, that's it. That gummit, I got my, whoo, I wrote them backwards. My bad. So that's it. Make every effort to live in peace with everyone and to be holy. Without holy was no one see the Lord. So we are to, when we get to that crossroad, we are to be every effort to pick peace. To everything that we have in our power to pick peace. For every chance that you have to cause strife, pick peace. And that's difficult. It's difficult for me because sometimes I have a smart mouth and Sometimes it doesn't take but one little smart aleck comment, and then you can not have peace. You can have lots of strife. And it's difficult. It's difficult to choose peace. It's even more difficult when you're faced with a situation where someone of authority and you feel like they're taking advantage or mistreating someone you love. And that's a really difficult time to choose peace. But we are supposed to choose peace over and over to make every effort to choose peace. The peace should be our driving calls, our driving force. In fact, uh, if you will, turn to the gospel according to John. Jesus said, John 14, 27. <clears throat> um, I will actually read verse 25 and start from there. All this I've spoken while still with you, but the advocate, which is the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything that I have said to you. He is going to teach us and lead us and guide us in the ways of peace, right? 
And in the next sentence, Jesus says, And peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. I do not give you as the world gives you. Do not let your hearts be troubled, and do not be afraid. Now, when Jesus is talking about my peace, Jesus didn't have the, 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 everybody didn't just back out of the way and treat him greatly, right? I mean, he had some ups and downs and stuff that happened to him. I mean, he was tempted in the devil for 40, after he had fasted for 40 days, he was tempted in the devil. He'd been put in some trials and tribulations. He had every opportunity to sin that we've had. He had every opportunity to live in strife that we have, and he chose peace over and over and over and over and over. And they're getting ready to, to crucify him and beat him and torture him, and he's still talking about peace, right? In fact, hanging on the cross, in the worst situation possible, physically, mentally, spiritually, he says, forgive them because they don't know what they're doing. And I'm going to tell you, at that crossroad, it would have been really difficult to keep walking down that peace path. I'm more like Peter in, in the garden. I want to pull out my sword and cut some dude's ear off. I, 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 can't, I can't tolerate it but for so long. But our goal, our, our measuring stick, our example, chose peace over and over and over and over and over. <laughs> Sorry, I might have started a little fast. I have a lot of scriptures. So when we seek peace, everything comes against peace. You have, well, the dog did this, and the kid did that, and my job did this, and can you believe this email, and can you believe what the coach said, and can you believe what they did? I'm just talking about in my world, right? And if I jump my hurdles seeking peace, because that's what these things are, right? These trials and tribulations that are coming to us, that they are, they are hurdles. They are things that we have to... Now, look, hur hurdles are different for all kinds of folks, right? I mean, it'd be little tiny hurdles. It'd be really big hurdles. It could be a giant wall. And sometimes it's very difficult to get past from point A to point B and maintain our peace. But our goal is to run that race of peace. To regardless of what else is taking place around us, to who else is saying what, and see, that's me, right? Something bad happens, I'm going to get on the phone, and I'm going to talk to this person. Can you believe they said that? No, I can, and then I talk to somebody else. I can't believe they said that. Can you, are you kidding me, really? They said that? And then what happens? Crystal tells me, please don't get stirred up over this. Please don't get upset over this. Before we even get there, please don't be upset over this. And I even said it, and I caught myself saying it, which, which was a, a horrible revelation. And y'all might see it or might not see it, and my kids are going to laugh when I make this whole sentence. But there's a reel, right? Y'all watch reels? No? Come on, don't tell, tell the truth. Y'all watch reels. There's a reel on Instagram, and it's a, it's a clip out of a movie, and the guy says, I do not want peace. I want problems, always. And I actually quoted that last week. I said... I do not want peace. I want problems always. What a horrible statement. It was a joke, but it was a horrible statement. Well, let me tell you how my week went. From when I started saying that on Monday, I had a pretty terrible week. I had some stuff happen that, man, this is bad. And it continued to build and continued to build and continued to build. And I found myself... Y'all won't believe this. Yelling and screaming at my kids. 
and, and, and being mean and being mean to other people. I know y'all won't believe that part. And then I realized, in fact, I text them, I'm not going to allow people to steal my peace anymore. I want you to do your best. And if you do your best, I'm proud of you. And that's it. I'm not going to allow anybody to affect my peace. Why would I do that? Why would I give away? Jesus said, I, I give you my peace. My peace, not as the world gives. I leave you my peace. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Do not be afraid. And I took the gift that he gave me in peace and threw it down on the ground to pick strife. And that's a very difficult thing to stand here and say, but I did it wholeheartedly, 100%. Yet I'm telling you, I'm actually telling me, that we have to work hard to not do that, to not give away our peace, to not give away the gift that God gave us. The Bible says that, Jesus, that God's peace passes all understanding. Think about it. When times are rough and things are going bad and people start acting crazy, you ever seen anybody just, just calm and still and peaceful? Those people are very powerful because they are walking according to God's word, right? They are lining up their life with what God's word looks like. Now, it's difficult. It's difficult to continually choose peace time after time, but it's our job. And it's a requirement of being a part of the body of Christ. All right. Um, 2 Corinthians. Is it hot in here or is it just me? Just me? Okay. Just checking. I want to make sure. <clears throat> 2 Corinthians. Oh, come on. Get to the Corinthians. Chapter 13, verse 11. <clears throat> Finally, brothers and sisters, rejoice and strive for full restoration. Encourage one another to be of one mind, to live in peace. And the God, and the God of love and peace will be with you. Now, if I want to live in peace, I want the God of love and peace to be with me. I want to be able to walk around and people see the love of God in me. And when I pick the wrong road and start to walk in strife and live in strife, I'm not a very good example. And it makes it difficult to witness to folks because you tell them, Oh, God loves you so much, and, and He wants you, and He wants to love on you, and He wants to give you His grace, and He wants to give you the gift of salvation, and it's the gospel, it's the good news, it's the good news of peace. And then you act like a lunatic, and then that statement don't really look so good. Well, wait a minute, if that's peace, I don't want that peace. And so it's a difficult situation. So we all fail, right? We fail. We're human. We're not Christ. We fail. But you know what? God's grace is renewed every day. So when we get up the next day, we stand at the crossroads again. Strife. Peace. I'll take peace. I'd much rather have peace. And sometimes, and I'm going to tell you, who boy, sometimes with teenage girls, it is difficult to, to always choose the path of peace. Oh, praise God. Sometimes they push you. It's like that, 
I'm getting drugged down the road of strife. I'm holding on. Please don't take my peace. And it's like somebody's got me by the leg dragging me out. I mean, I know y'all don't feel like that. I know my parents didn't when they were raising me. They didn't have that. that they, they didn't ever lose their peace because of anything I did. I know better. I'm teasing, and y'all, know, y'all all know better too. But it's the, it's the opportunity to choose peace. And it seems simple, right? When Jesus says, don't, don't let your heart be troubled, to walk in God's love and peace, it seems easy. But it's not. It, it, it's not. And, and, like I said last week, you fall down one time, and then all of a sudden your attitude changes, and everything looks like it's big old problems. And then you're mad at the world, and you can't be happy. And what does bad for me is, in those situations, if you ask me my opinion, I'm going to tell you the whole truth. And that leads to more strife. That whole study to be quiet, I struggle with that. I struggle to study to be quiet. And so when I was faced with the opportunity to pick peace or strife later in the week, this week, I didn't hardly speak. And the people were like, why are you so mad? And I'm like, no, 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 you don't understand. I'm trying to not be mad. I'm trying my best to choose peace. I want to be quiet. I know my face looks like it's mad, but my heart is searching for God's peace. Because sometimes it's hard to get it back, right? It's like letting a dog play with something. And then you want it back, right? Without the chew marks and the slobber and the nasty. That's what happened. I threw my piece down on the ground and it got trampled and run over and stepped on and spit on. And then it took me the rest of the week to try to get it back, clean it up, brush it off. Because we make that choice. Jesus gave it to us and then we make that choice to whether we're going to throw it down on the ground and choose strife but we're not. <clears throat> um, I think that's the scripture I want. Hold on, let me cheat and look. I added scriptures while we were singing. It's been that kind of I can't get enough. Second Timothy, and I've already quoted this, but I, I, I want you to hear it again. Second Timothy, verse two, chapter, uh, verse, um, chapter two, verse 24. And the Lord's servant must not be quarrelsome and must be kind to everyone, able to teach and not resentful. Opponents must be gently instructed in the hope that God will grant them repentance, leading to the knowledge of truth. It, in King James, it says, and a servant of the Lord must not strive. See, that hit me really hard because some of the people that I have been working on witnessing to, right, and had opportunities to, I feel like I've thrown that opportunity down on the ground. And so it's going to take me some time to build that respect back and that, that opportunity back. And y'all, y'all don't, 
Y'all don't get too upset. I didn't like yell and scream or act crazy. I just was mad. I mean, I really didn't. I mean, I have acted way worse at a ball field. I didn't act crazy, crazy. I just was mad. And I was mad at me. And I was mad at them. And I was mad at other stuff. And, but I mean, I didn't act out. Crystal contained me well enough to not act out. But I feel like I could have handled it so much better. I could have had a better opportunity of, of living in God's peace and being the shining example to the group Instead, what I did was fit in. That's really the truth. I didn't act any different than anybody else. I fit in exactly with the group. And that's difficult. Because standing from the outside looking in, if you just looked at the group, it would look like an homogenous group. But we're not. And I'm not saying they're not a good group. I'm just saying that we are called to a higher calling. And so when the opportunity arises to, to seek peace... It would have been a great opportunity to stand as the light of God's love and grace in front of the group. And I didn't. But it will next time. I mean, and that's the goal. So as we grow and develop as Christians, use my poor example for an example that you don't have to learn, right? Right? You know, so when I was, uh, let me tell you how you learn from other people's examples, right? So when I was a little kid, um, my uncle's stepson, they got married and he was my same age and we used to do all kinds of crazy stuff together. And he and I used to dare each other to reach over and grab the electric fence barefooted in the summertime. And we went back and forth on who was man enough to do it. And he finally decided that he was manner, more man than me and, and, and came in contact with the electric fence. And I learned from his example. I did not have any desire to touch that fence after that was all done. Now, I did laugh a bunch. But after it was settled, I didn't have to think about it at all on whether or not I thought it would be a good idea to do what he did. So we would take that same example of my week this week when you get faced with the opportunity to whether we're going to choose peace or we're going to choose strife. Let me be your an example. I promise it's not worth it. Choose peace every time. Also, don't grab lecture fences in the dew on the ground barefooted. It's a bad idea. It, it did not turn out well. When you make those kinds of decisions, we live with the consequences. When we don't choose peace, we live with the consequences. And missed opportunities. So, <clears throat> back to John 14, 27. Jesus said, this is my peace. I give it to you. Not as the world gives, right? Because see, what, what happens when the world gives you something? You can give somebody, somebody something in the world, and then they make you mad, and then you want to take it back, right? Yeah. Right? I mean, it could, be a, it could be one of these little gold bands, and you make me mad, and I want it back. Or it could be a kid driving a car, and I want it back. Or you, you're, being, you're being disrespectful, hand me that phone. That one belongs to me. You can take it back, right? I mean, this is just the parent stuff talking, right? And that's how the world works. But see, Jesus said, I'm not giving it to you like the world does. This is not, and, and understand this. What he's saying is, is this is not predicated on some action that, that you have to do to earn this. You don't have to behave a certain way to keep this. He said, I'm giving it to you. 
And all you got to do is keep it. The peace I leave with you, my peace I give you, I do not give as the world gives. Do not let your heart be troubled, and do not be afraid. Do not be angry. Do not throw your peace down on the ground because you felt like somebody did something they weren't supposed to. So this week, as you move forward, and look, I'm just talking about my, my shortcomings. I'm sure y'all don't have any. But, but an opportunity arises, and you're faced with the strife over here and the keep my mouth shut and keep peace over here. Tell you what, y'all do an experiment this week and see how many times you come to that. And see how many times you take which path. I want to hear. I want, y'all tell me individually. You don't got to shout it out at church next week. How many times are you faced with the opportunity to be the maker and maintainer of peace? The person who pursues peace, who hunts it down, who has the peace of Christ that cannot be taken away. Or that is easily angered and full of strife. Are you sitting at home eating your dry toast? Or are you out in a group being strifeful? Choose peace. Choose peace. It is so valuable. And we really don't understand its value until we don't have it. Let's pray. Father God, we just thank you and praise you for your word. Father, we thank you for your peace that you've given us. We just give you the praise and honor and glory for it. In Jesus' most precious name. Amen.